Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Pharrell with you on uh, Coast to Coast with uh, Carver High Mafia and the great Joe Ranieri in South FLA with all of that gorgeous hunk, hunk, hunk. Hour two we go. Uh, back a little residual on the NFL. Uh, some late-breaking stories as well, Carver High. Yeah, we've got a couple of things that just came down. More opt-outs. Uh, a couple hours ago was Nate Solder, Giants offensive lineman. He's not going to play. Uh, he's got a kid who's battling cancer. He's had it himself. So uh, totally understandable for Nate Solder to sit the season out. And you have Chiefs running back Damian Williams. Remember, Scotty, he had a monster Super Bowl for them, was a big part of them coming back against the Niners. He's opting out. So no Damian Williams for the Chiefs in the backfield this year, if and when they start to play. Let's get to college now because we've got a few things that just came down there as well. The ACC will officially go to a 10-plus-1 schedule this year. Ten conference games, one non-conference game. So uh, the one non-conference game has to be within a certain amount of mileage of your home school. So you can't go travel and play anybody far. You have to keep it close. And Notre Dame will be part of the ACC's 10 conference games. So they already had six scheduled. That's part of their normal deal. Now they'll get four more and they're eligible to play in the ACC title game this year. So uh, ACC is now done at Scotty. They go to 10 conference games. They're going to try to play it that way. Listen, all I know is, I've said this for years, there's no game that I care about more in college football than Miami and Notre Dame. Uh, They should play that game every year, the Catholics and convicts. uh, It's history in college football. If they don't play Notre Dame-Miami, they may, may as well not play college football. I don't understand how you can have rivalries that good and not play them. It's beyond me, Pitt and West Virginia, Pitt and Penn State. You got to have, like, uh, you know, Miami, Notre Dame. Are you kidding me? Some of the greatest games in college football history. You got to have Florida State and Miami. You got to have all those. So uh, as long as Notre Dame's playing Miami, which are you telling me they're not going to play them? Uh, Notre Dame will not be playing Miami or FSU, and I'll tell you why. They did the conference scheduling. Here's what they did. I'll explain it to you. They did the ACC conferencing schedule by mileage as well. 
So obviously Notre Dame and Miami wouldn't fit the bill there. Notre Dame is going to play Pitt, Syracuse, uh, Louisville, Duke, uh, the North Carolina teams. And, you know, Miami's going to play Florida State and Clemson. They're going to they're going to keep it regionalized because they don't want them oh. to travel that far. Oh, so Notre Dame gets to play all the candy-ass schools. No, uh, Notre there, Dame plays perfect. Clemson. Notre Dame plays Clemson. They were playing them originally anyway. Okay, I'm talking about all the other ones you're talking about, the Louisvilles and the Syracuses and the North Carolina schools that both suck. Let me In football, they do anyway. Let me say this. I watched Rudy the other night for the 5,000th time, and I still, I still can't change the channel. Every time I see it, I watch it. And, I mean, that is just the greatest movie ever, greatest ending to a movie ever when they carry him off at a field and a true story to boot. What a great movie. I can watch Rudy, uh, like, once a year for life. And uh, that's all I have to say. And I've been to South Bend 50 million times. I grew up going to Notre Dame football games. Notre Dame should play Miami every year. Forget about all this Stanford, Navy, Purdue, Michigan State, Michigan nonsense. It should be Notre Dame and Miami. Do you remember that Miami game in uh, Miami at that Dolphin Stadium, whatever you want to call it? They've changed the name of it so many times. Land Shark, Hard Rock. I can't keep up with all their changes. But here's the deal. Remember the night when Miami kicked their ass down there and that place was sold out? They don't sell out that stadium for Dolphin games, let alone Miami Kane games. The only time that stadium's full is when there's a World Series game against the Yankees or when Miami plays Notre Dame. I mean, get I'm, with right. I'm with you. I'm with you. I want Notre Dame and Miami asses. to play each other. I'm with you 100%. Swafford, uh, Miami, will play, Miami will play Florida State, Georgia Tech, North Carolina, Pitt, Virginia, Clemson, Louisville, NC State, Va Tech, and Wake Forest. Those are the 10 games that uh, the U will play. So you still got U football, hopefully, Scotty. So that's there for you as well. Uh, also in the ACC, we have our first college football player, who has opted out, Virginia Tech cornerback Caleb Farley. He is done. He is the projected first-round pick. He is instead going to start training for the NFL draft. No Caleb Farley for the Virginia Tech Hokies this year, Scotty. First of many, I would assume. Well, I think that's really the story, is that uh, a first-round projected player is not going to play. He's going to train for the NFL draft. I think that's the story, that it's going to be inevitable that others follow his lead. Uh, I think he's making a, a good decision. Bottom line, uh, this college football season is a disaster. And what is the point? They may not even get 10 plus one. They'll be lucky if they play five games. They'll be lucky if they play at all. They'll be lucky if somebody doesn't drop dead of the COVID playing college football. They'll be lucky if athletic programs don't go under completely. So if I'm a college football star and a projected first, second, third rounder, I'm going uh, to train for the NFL draft. Screw college football. It's a waste of time. Oklahoma gives a fat new deal to Lincoln Riley. Another six years added on to his deal. Ohio State, Scotty, they're still going to try. They're planning on 20% capacity. They will not be denied. They want people in that Ohio horseshoe this year. Uh, who's Ohio State playing this year? Ohio U, maybe Toledo. Uh, who are they going to play? The candy-ass schedule that they always rack up in Columbus, those femmes. So it's convenient. They're 11-0 every year at the end, and all they have to do is beat Michigan, pansy ass. I can't stand Michigan. They, can't, they couldn't beat Ohio State if they didn't show up for the game. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Coast to coast on a pain-free Friday with Carver I Mafia, Joe Ranieri. We have Greg Wyszynski of ESPN Lore, the great hockey analyst, joining us again on Coast to Coast. How you doing there, Greg? Yeah, hanging in there, man. Getting ready for uh, a weekend of hockey from uh, dawn till dusk and beyond that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Right. It's fantastic, and it starts at noon. Uh, I'm going to go in order of these games with you. Uh, you know, I watched the, the Ranger Islander game. I don't know if you caught that game the other day. And I was really watching, um, you know, Panarin, Kako, and and seeing uh, Zabinajad and some of the talent they have with the, I mean, uh, the eye-hand skill they have on that team with, uh, you know, three or four different guys that can really attack the net and, and cycle and, and shoot. I, they, you know, I'm a big believer in peppering the net with shots and, and just cranking shots. Eventually you get some, some, uh, you know, garbage around the net and you can stuff it in. Does that Ranger team impress you at all going against this Carolina team? Uh, you know, I don't think they're that impressive. Carolina can, can New York beat them? They can. And, and they've actually beaten them quite handily. Uh, if you go back their last nine games against them, I think they've had extraordinarily good success. Uh, you're right about the offense. I think that's the greatest virtue of the Rangers. And, and towards the end of the season, fueled by Panarin, fueled by Mika's Zibanejad on their second line, uh, they were one of the best offensive teams in the NHL. The other intriguing thing, obviously, is the goaltending. I mean, you, you have the rookie Igor Shurkin. You have behind him uh, Grigoriev and, of course, Henrik Lundqvist, the uh, wily old veteran uh, who's won a playoff game or two in his time. Uh, so they have the goaltending, and then they've got the offense. I don't think they have the depth necessarily that Carolina has through their, fir- their four forward lines. And even though they're going to be missing Dougie Hamilton and Brett Pesci, two very good defensemen on their, on their back end, uh, that's the greatest strength they have. They, they can go with, uh, with six defensemen that are going to be the, the the top team in this league. So um, I still like Carolina in the series with the Rangers certainly found their stride towards the end of the season. They have the stones, the Rangers, to actually sit Lundqvist down and go with the kid and make the change because 
uh, frankly, uh, Greg, once they do it, it, it's no looking back, if you ask me. Yeah. I don't know who they're starting in game one. I hadn't seen any news on that today, but I can tell you that they already kind of made the change, right? I mean, Shurkin and Gregoriev played more than Lundqvist this season. Shurkin, towards the end of the season, basically took over the crease. Lundqvist knows what his lot in life is. He's got one year left on his contract after this. Clearly, the Rangers are going with two younger goaltenders going forward. Um, it's totally up to Hank when he wants to leave New York, if it's on this contract or, you know, after the contract expires, he does have trade protection. Um, but it's pretty clear the Rangers are ready to turn the page on uh, their franchise standard bearer for the last, like, 15 years. Um, but that's, that's to be expected. I mean, the Rangers are a different team. They, it's a remarkable rebuild, what they were doing in New York, where they announced the fans, like, two years ago, we're going to go into this rebuild. There's going to be some pain. The pain lasted, like, two years. I mean, this, this team is very close to turning the corner into being a, a cup contender if they're not there already. So uh, the Oilers and Blackhawks, Edmonton gets to play in their building, but no fans, so no real advantage. They might know some nooks and crannies along the boards uh, and some places to uh, pop some bounces, but uh, I think they're a lot faster. Now, I know the Blackhawks have the youngest team in the league uh, when it's all said and done. It's crazy after Kane and Taves, Keith, and these guys won three cups, but the rest of that lineup is so young, they're all in diapers. Can they dance with the Oilers? Because I think Edmonton has a lot of speed and talent. We've seen what uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl can do. Yeah, I mean, the way I've been describing it is like the Blackhawks are kind of like uh, that old thief in the movies trying to pull one last job, you know? Like like Taves right. and Kane and Keith are all obviously uh, not where they were when the Blackhawks were we're having their dynasty in the last decade. They are surrounded by some good, young, talented players, no doubt. Uh, including including Dominic Cahoon, who's a, a Calder finalist rookie of the year, and Alex DeBrinkett, who's a great young def- uh, offensive player. Problem being, though, Scotty, is that when you're going up against uh, two of the best players in the world, and Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, who this season played on two different lines, giving the Oilers a little bit more uh, balance than they usually had when they would play on the same line. Uh, that's tough. That's a tough nut to crack. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. The Blackhawks don't have the kind of team defense necessary to take out uh, those two guys in a five-game series. I, I like the Oilers here with the caveat that it would be a, a, a wonderful narrative to see the Blackhawks uh, rise up and, and pull a surprise in the playoffs. It would, uh, but I, bottom line is they wouldn't have been a playoff team, and they're just not a good team. I think they're a few steps away from being a good team. They have the talent. They have the right pieces. They have the youth. They have the right contracts. But this isn't their time. I'll be shocked if they go deep on a run here. And even uh, I'll be even further shocked if they beat this uh, Edmonton team, to be honest with you. I just don't think the Blackhawks are that good. Panthers, Islanders, I got to tell you, I watch the Panthers. They don't even deserve to be there. They're awful. And Bobrovsky's (laughs) been awful, too. Ever since they got him, he sucked. And the Islanders, uh, to me, just have way too many scorers that can put it in the net. They can't even stop Barzal. On his own, the guy could beat the uh, Panthers. Well, and the Islanders also have something else you have to like coming into a series like this, which is a defensive structure. I mean, they're a Barry Trotz team. And I, I don't know if we really understand quite yet what the the kind of hockey that we're going to see in the opening round is going to be. I mean, on top of playing in an empty arena, neutral site, you're talking about guys that have been off since March, right? So 
is it going to be loosey-goosey fire wagon hockey? Is it going to be tentative hockey? I think the teams that have strong defensive structure, the Islanders, the Bruins, Dallas, a couple others, are going to be in a pretty good shape coming off the hop uh, in this tournament. So I give them the advantage in this series. And like you said, the problem right now for the, the Panthers is not only has Bobrovsky not been good this season, not only do you still worry about what he'll end up being in the postseason, I think the Blue Jackets played incredibly well in front of him last year in the playoffs when they beat the Lightning in the first round. But you're you're playing in back of a very porous defensive team uh, in, in the Florida Panthers. And I think the Islanders are going to uh, take advantage of that offensively and be stout defensively too. I think the uh, Jets' flames might be the hardest uh, to determine this series. Uh, they're so even, these teams. They are and they aren't. I mean, I, I think that when you look at the depth um, on defense – Clearly, the Flames have the advantage there. I mean, they're even with Travis Hamannick opting out of the tournament, they are very stacked on the back end with Mark Giordano and TJ Brody and, 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 and uh, Noah Hannafin and so on and so forth. Um, then the Jets obviously have the advantage in goal. Due respect to Cam Talbot and David Riddich for the Calgary Flames, but Connor Hollebuck is going to win the Vezina Trophy as the league's best goaltender is the sole reason, I think, why the Jets are in the playoffs. Uh, I like Calgary in the series. Um, the Jets do have some very high-end talent that is going to be scary to have to try to contain in the series and obviously have the goaltending advantage as well. But I just think the Flames are a deeper team. I think ultimately they're a better team. And uh, the Jets still have, even though they've made some improvements on their back end, I think they still have some problems defensively that the Flames are going to be able to take advantage of. The real bummer of this series, as you know, Scotty, is that it's going to be played in an empty arena. We don't get to see the whiteout in Winnipeg. We don't get to see the sea of red in Calgary. This series would feel so much cooler if we were playing with fans in the building. There's no doubt. Respectfully, I got 90 seconds. How much does Gensel uh, being back in that lineup help the Penguins in this series against Montreal? Enormous. I mean, it's enormous. Both he and Connor and trading for Connor Sheary from the Buffalo Sabres gives Sid uh, his two dependable line mates that he's had in previous runs to the Cup. Uh, getting him back and healthy is huge. Much like getting Vladimir Tarasenko back for the St. Louis Blues is huge. These are two players that if we ever were on the regular schedule to play in the playoffs, probably wouldn't have been seen until the later rounds. And because we've delayed it to the summer, they both get to play. Uh, 45 seconds. Uh, can one guy, Price, uh, do anything against this Pittsburgh team? Because I think the rest of the Canadians suck. I think you're you're right on that. And I also think that if you had to pick one team that maybe didn't really want to be there, it might be Montreal. They finished a bunch of points out of a, play, a playoff spot. Uh, I think I think also, conversely, if you want to pick one team that wants to make a statement in the first round, it's probably a Penguins team that feels like they, don't, they shouldn't even be in the qualification round. They should be playing in a round robin or get a bye or something. So I, I think they're just going to uh, the Canadiens in the first round. All right, so we'll uh, come back with Greg Jensky of ESPN and break down all of Sunday's five game series uh, that began. It's awesome. Stanley Cup playoffs start Saturday and Sunday. I'm horny. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. 
I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Damn, do you like uh, the Jays tonight against Scherzer? Are you going to go for it there, or is that too dangerous? We've been, uh, me and Marenzi, we talked about it. We robbed the same bank twice, Scotty. Jay's in the under the first two games. We've actually been doing well, other than a couple teams kicking my butt. Oh, man, I can't believe that. Milwaukee Brewers, I want to punch that team in the face. I don't know why I put them in parlays. Anyway, I'll tell you something about Pearson. This kid's the real deal. He throws 100. Um, The total seems low, 8.5 with Scherzer, but I kind of have a lean to the under, and I hate to say it, the Blue Jays made offer value again. If you don't like uh, them at the plus 145 price, even on the run line. The Nationals are really having problems scoring runs. Uh, with you know Soto's not back yet, so I, I'd actually look at the under in this baseball game and a small play maybe with the Blue Jays on the run line. What did you think of Joe Kelly getting eight games? You know what, Joe Kelly's a more. Uh, I, I have no respect for anybody that throws at somebody's head. It, it's it's a real issue. You know, if you're going to plunk somebody, plunk them in the leg, even the ribs. Uh, anytime a baseball gets near somebody's head, I think you have the right to absolutely punch them in the face and do whatever you want to them. Uh, I think it's ridiculous. Eight games yeah, uh, in today's sixty-game season, Scotty. I guess it's all right. I'm just not a big. I'm just not a big fan. I think uh, that's the coward's way out. If I, I'll tell you something, Scotty, if somebody threw at you, I tell you, you'd, you'd be throwing down, and I would too. I think it's ridiculous. I'd get a fifteen-game suspension, and I'd have to go to anger <laughs> management classes. <laughs> I put him in a pretzel. If some guy throws, like, imagine that you're taking 99 to the head, like you could die. Like if some guy did that to me, like I'm a pretty passive person until I get really angry. But if a guy did that, he threw it my head, I'm coming out there and it's on. It's pretty simple. We're fighting. Are you ready for the NBA tomorrow night and getting in uh, some pro hoop, uh, you know, action? Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know what to do. The Lakers line went uh, four, uh, four and a half down to four. It's kind of interesting there. A lot of people just going to take the Pelicans, Scotty. I don't know. Maybe Utah's the play there. I got to really break it down and, and see where I'm going. But I'm excited. Hoops, hoops is coming up, and hockey's right there too, buddy. Uh, we're right in our wheelhouse right now. But I might fade the public and take a shot with the Jazz. All right, Cam. Uh, great stuff. We'll see you on Game Time Decisions at six. I'll see you tomorrow on Coast to Coast. Love you, brother. You. All right, uh, Cam Stewart up in Toronto, everybody. Carver, hi, let's go into some uh, NBA rack talk while we're at it. We are going to go into some NBA, but before we do, Scotty, I got a special message for you that we are going to play for you now from a, a team that you know very well. Let's take a look at this. Look at this here. Hey, Deuce and Schuster here. Wish you a happy birthday from all of us. We think we're still in. Uh, how, about, how about Juju checking in? Your boy, Juju checking in. Uh, 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 are you serious? Uh, Juju giving Pharrell a little uh, double nickel birthday wish. That is awesome. Check out. Ooh. 
Nice job by uh, nice job by Juju and the Steelers right there, sending that in for Scotty. Uh, let's get to the, let's get to the NBA. This is it, the last day, Scott. Without NBA hoops, they start playing for real tomorrow. The long haul begins. We're gonna have it every day once the Pelicans and the Jazz tip off tomorrow night. Good news for the NBA: zero positive COVID tests out of the NBA bubble. They did 344 tests since July 20th. That's great news for them. LeBron is ready to go. They have the late game tomorrow night. Lakers, Clippers, we'll see who plays for the Clippers. We know that they've had guys in and out of the bubble. And for the Lakers, we don't know about AD with the eye. LeBron says that playing on the bubble floor, it just feels a little bit different. Here's LeBron. You know, obviously it's a different, it's a different circumstance. It's different. Um, it's different. I mean, it, that's for 2020. You know, people have been asking me, like I said, people have been asking me, how was the bubble? And I said, it's 2020. You know, you know, everything is is different and is uh, you have to be able to adjust to it. So um, I don't I don't know as far as, um, you know, if it was like a home game at Staples Center, they won't have that feeling because our fans just give us so much energy. Our fans give us so much support and we want to try to give that back to them on the floor. Um, but also at the same time, we know our fans back in L.A. and all over uh, California and over the world. Uh, want us to are looking forward to seeing us play again. So, you know, it's still our job to go out and perform because um, they're still supporting us uh, behind their, you know, phones or tablets or TVs or, you know, laptops or whatever the case may be. You know, look, uh, the story about, uh, and I know we're going to talk about Montrez Harrell, uh, but in that game, uh, he's not going to play. And Zubak has had the COVID and, you know, they got nothing in the block. Without those two, I mean, Zubak is not in shape, in my opinion. He even admitted it. So uh, I don't know how he's going to be able to grind with the bigs that the Lakers have in Davis. And, uh, you know, they got so much size with Howard and everything else. McGee, look, uh, I really like the Clippers a lot. I love them with Harrell in the lineup. Without him in the lineup, I don't like him at all. I think it's just fascinating that the NBA bubble is working and that they have zero positive tests. It's truly remarkable what Silver and the league has pulled off at Disney in Orlando. Uh, They got it all figured out. I mean, up to this point, uh, it's been brilliant uh, what they've accomplished. And the NHL, I think, is following the same type of protocols and the same type of ideas. And I think they're being as smart as the NBA has been. And I think baseball has had their leaks and problems and issues. And I think uh, NFL is going to have them as well in these training camps. And I think college football is going to be a mess. But I really like what the NBA is doing. And the NHL isn't far behind. It seems like what they're doing in Edmonton and Toronto is going to work too. Yeah, you were talking about Montrez Harrell. He's still not back in the bubble, so he ain't playing tomorrow. I mean, they can say doubtful all they want. I mean, everybody who comes back into that bubble has to sit in that room for right, at least four playing. days, so he's not playing. Zion has been cleared from his quarantine. The team is going to see how he looks in practice today before deciding if he's going to play tomorrow night. Right now, Scotty Pelicans, minus two and a half on FanDuel point favorites over the Jazz tomorrow night. I know we'll talk about this tomorrow on Coast to Coast, but what are you liking right now, Jazz Pelicans, to start things off? Well, I get it how everyone's in love with the Pelicans uh, because of Zion Williamson. And then we heard uh, the nonsense that they have the best starting five in the NBA one day on the show, uh, and I wanted to hurl. Uh, I don't believe that for one minute. I also don't think they're that good at all. They'll be lucky if they make the playoffs. 
And I think they're clearly overrated by the books. They might win the game. It could happen. They could win and cover. Zion, I think, will play. He's young. He's 20. It's not like the guy's 35 uh, and has been out. I think he could play right now in five minutes after drinking 15 root beers. But here's the deal. Uh, I think the the Jazz are a better basketball team all around. I mean, they didn't win 41 games because they suck uh, before this thing uh, ended the season. And the Pelicans... Uh, we're nowhere near that, uh, and I, I think the Jazz are just a better basketball team. Uh, I'd grab the points. I'm with you 100%. I'm already on the Jazz tomorrow. I like them getting a couple of sticks against the Pelicans. Eric Gordon and the Rockets, he might be out a couple of weeks. He's got an ankle injury, Scotty, so we've said this about a lot of these guys. These first seven games aren't that big of a deal for teams that we know are going to be in the playoffs. The main thing for the Rockets is having a guy like Gordon back when they start playing for real in those playoff games. The Nuggets have talked to Michael Porter Jr. Scotty, what happened with this guy? He thinks everything is a hoax? Yeah, he's another one that uh, thinks that it's uh, population control, that the feds are are doing this on purpose. Mike's got to stop tripping. Uh, and then, you know, let's just it, let, leave that where it is. It's so ridiculous. But uh, here's the deal. Uh, if you go back to Gordon, Gordon's a huge piece to that uh, puzzle in Houston. Let's face facts. I know everyone thinks it's all about Harden and Westbrook, but the reality is, is that Gordon and Tucker chuck as many threes as Harden and Westbrook do. All four of them, it's Chuck City, Chuck E. Cheese. All they do is shoot bombs. And Gordon's more important than Tucker. And having Gordon out with an ankle, listen, if you roll your ankle that hard, he looked like uh, he could barely get off the floor. He, he was really in agony. So here's the deal. It depends on if that's a high ankle sprain, because they're going to lie to you and they're going to tell you nothing about the injury. But if it's a high ankle sprain and uh, it's as bad as it looked, and it, it's, you know, ice ain't going to cut it. I, I'm telling you, if you roll your ankle that hard and put that much weight on it, he looked like he was shut down. So I'm telling you, that could be a gigantic story for the Rockets moving forward because if Eric Gordon can't play, they're just not going to be good. In college hoops, the NCAA is still trying to figure out the Louisville uh, sanctions, allegations. They're giving them another extension uh, to respond to all the allegations. This still goes back to the Patino stuff, Scotty. Uh, are they ever going to lay any sanctions down? I feel bad for Chris Mack, the coach. He's got to deal with this stuff now. But is, is it this taking forever or what, trying to figure out what to do with Louisville? Well, all I know is is that uh, they had stripper coke parties, and I don't know how you get out of that mess. I mean, Rick Pitino didn't get out of the mess. I don't know what what kind of uh, a person wouldn't enjoy having this in their penthouse uh, while they're doing uh, coast to coast. But I know that uh, I think Louisville is just kidding themselves if they think they can talk their way out of this. I mean, everyone knows what happened at Louisville. Uh, all the recruits were partying their ass off, drinking, strippers, blow. Weed, it was all happening. I'm sure pills, the whole deal. Patino, it was going on. Uh, you feel sorry for Chris Mack. I don't feel sorry for anyone. You know, you knew you were going to Louisville because Louisville's a great college basketball program. And obviously, it was a disaster when Patino was there and all that was going on. I believe Patino knew, the assistants knew, everyone knew, the players knew, the recruits knew, everyone knew. Louisville's going to lose. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Something's going to happen to them eventually down the line. Six exhibition games in the NHL today. Three in Edmonton, three in Toronto. The Florida Panthers got absolutely whacked 
five nothing by the Lightning earlier today. Hopefully they play that bad when they play the Islanders on Saturday. But uh, the Islanders and the Rangers will play tonight. We've got Carolina and Washington right now. I know you were watching, Scotty, a little bit of Minnesota and Colorado playing this afternoon as well. Well, I watched it into the third period. They were up 3-2. I will say this. Be very careful messing around with the Tampa Bay Lightning as a better. Uh, they are dangerous. They can put five on you. They can score three or four a night automatic. They move the puck so well, and they are so fast on both ends of the ice. Uh, they're going to score goals in the playoffs. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Pharrell back on Coast to Coast. Uh, we dabble with some more NBA, Carver High. Yes, let's finish that up before we get to the football. John Moran thinks that the play-in for the eighth seed is unfair to the Grizzlies. I happen to agree with him. Uh, basically, you know, they've set it up, Scotty, and we've talked about this, that the Pelicans to get in. So if the Pelicans finish right behind the Grizzlies, they get to play him in a one-game playoff. He doesn't think that that's very fair. If you get the eighth seed, you get the eighth seed. Why do I got to play a one-game playoff with them? I kind of understand where Josh's coming from. Listen, I, you know, I, they are really doing everything they can to uh, show you the future of the NBA and every game that Zion Williamson uh, is involved in is going to be on uh, cable television. It's going to be on network television. You're going to be watching everything he does. They don't care about anyone else in the NBA at all besides LeBron James and Zion Williamson. And then, uh, you know, like I said, Ernie, Jet, Chuck, and the Diesel. Those are the only people that matter. I know all these other people at ESPN think they matter in the NBA. They don't. All that matters are the people that I just told you. No one else. John Morant scored over 1,000 points. He was the best rookie, but they don't give a rat's ass about him. Meanwhile, he's flying through the air like, uh, like an airplane dunking on people, and he gets no love at all. None. Zero. The Grizzlies will also be without Tyus Jones. He's got a knee injury for about a week or two. We'll see what happens with that. The Bucks will not have Eric Bledsoe and Pat Connington for their opener tomorrow against the Celtics. I give to you now, Scotty, tomorrow's NBA slate. Let's look what we have tomorrow. What? 2.30, Magic and the Nets. 4 o'clock, those Grizzlies we were just talking about play the Blazers. Suns and Wizards as well. And if that's not enough for you, there's a night slate too. Look at tomorrow, Scotty. You've got all these games. There's your afternoon. You get the Celtics and the Bucks at six thirty. Kings, Spurs, Rockets, Mavs. Now that's a full day of hoops after tonight's starter, right, Scotty? I mean, Celtics, Bucks, Rockets, Mavs is delicious. Uh, all those games, I, I can watch every single one of them. I don't care what they are. Let's go. I'm watching both games tonight. I'll be on the bench during the uh, Lakers Clipper game. I mean, it's just delicious. This is better than a barbecued rib dinner. Shake out. How many times in your career, Scotty, have you heard a coach get introduced at his new job and say, this is my dream job. I've been waiting to get this. Well, that was Tom Thibodeau today when he got the Nick job. It's his dream job, Scotty. <laughs> yeah, it's his dream job. Listen, I hope he gets along uh, with everybody. Uh, he couldn't get along with star players, in my opinion. Certainly not Cat, 
couldn't get along with the owner in Minnesota, and he said the same things at that press conference. I thought he did an incredible job with Van Gundy. I thought he did an even better job on his own in Chicago with the Bulls. But once again, same problem there. Couldn't get along with the front office suits and executives. Uh, he has to do a better job. You know, it reminds me of Tom Coughlin. There was a point when Tom Coughlin was crazy, right? Military style. He was like Patton, and everybody hated his guts. And then Strahan basically told him, bro, you got to chill out. You got to take a step back and be cool with all the players and care about them and give a, a damn about them and, you know, get involved in their life and what they're about, their families, know them better and, and just be chilled. And it changed him. He actually listened to someone give him really good advice and he went on to win two Super Bowls. I think the same thing could be said about Tom Thibodeau. He's been disastrous with people. I don't care what anybody says, the results, the proof's in the pudding. Everywhere he goes, he has problems with people. But it's not his coaching that's the problem. He's a great defensive coach. I think the uh, Knicks are in good hands. And I think it was a really smart move to bring Mike Woodson on the staff. Yes, Woodson, who has the only winning season in the last 20 years for the Knicks. He will be on Thibodeau's staff there in New York. Troubling out of Dallas again. We know the story a couple months ago, Scotty about the allegations down there and things that went on. Now, once again, a front office member of the Mavericks accused of sexual assault during Vegas Summer League last year in 2019. The team has been investigated. They've been questioned. Uh, we will see what happens with all this down there. Pour it on, uh, the, you know, salt on the wound. Uh, this troubles Mark Cuban without a doubt. He has admitted that. It makes him uh, irate uh, what's happened to his organization, what's happened in his offices, his front office, his sales, his marketing. Uh, the entire team over the last year and a half, this whole thing has been a disaster for them. And uh, it's unbelievable. But I'm not surprised at all. Once you've heard all the other allegations, what are you really surprised that more people are pouring salt on the wound and, you know, whiskey on the fire? I mean, come on. Uh, we already knew that they were running a loose program in terms of uh, sexual harassment. We now move to the NFL, Scotty, and the great top 100 list that NFL Network does and is voted on by the players came to its conclusion with the number one player being Lamar Jackson, not Patrick Mahomes. In fact, Russell Wilson ahead of Patrick Mahomes as well on this list. Uh, let's hear from Lamar. He kind of summed up all of the things that have gone on in the offseason with him. Here's Lamar Jackson. I did not run into a jet ski. I jumped over the jet ski, fell in the water. Um, it was nice going to Antonio Brown. Um, I was hoping we would get him. Uh, still hoping a little bit. Um, and, you know, it's been going pretty good. I wish I was with my guys, you know, early in OTAs around April, like, you know, usual. But COVID-19 had a better idea, I guess. And, yeah. Well, look, uh, I, I think he's an incredible talent. I think he's going to be very wealthy like Mahomes. But there is no way. I, look, I, I love Jackson's game, and it's brutal being a Steeler fan, having to deal with this guy twice a year. Uh, he is fantastic. But there is no way I can give it to him over Mahomes right now. Mahomes had the 50 TD, 5,000-yard season, uh, an MVP, uh, Super Bowl MVP, uh, wins the Super Bowl, and then gets a half a billion dollars. And you're telling me he's the fourth-best player in the league? Please. Look. Uh, Mahomes is number one. I'd say Jackson two, Darnold three, and I'm going to put uh, DeAndre Hopkins uh, as four. He's the most exciting playmaker with the best hands in the league. And they have 
Michael Thomas, all these other guys in front of him. And another guy I put in there in terms of, you know, pure excitement and adrenaline is McCaffrey. I mean, let's face facts. The proof's in the pudding. Look at the players and the results. How can you put a guy that lost, that didn't get it done as the best player in the league to a guy that got it done and then they gave more money than God to him? I mean, Mahomes is the best player in the NFL. Yeah, the, the list is completely uh, – it holds no water with me to have him that far down on that it's list. It's a stupid list, sure. and they got to stop it doing is. them, the stupid-ass list they do. And you know what? Power rankings every week in every sport. It's like you say, Carver High, all the time. Charts and graphs. It's all just a, a gigantic media sandwich they shove down your throat with all these every week, the new power rankings. Who gives a rat's ass? Charts and graphs, baby. There's nothing like it in sports. Charts and graphs. Let's get to the Bears quarterback competition because we thought that we were going to have OTAs. We thought we were going to have, you know, a full training camp with everybody on the field. We thought we were going to have preseason games. Well, Matt Nagy doesn't have any of that stuff anymore for the big Mitchell Trubisky, Nick Foles quarterback battle. So now what are you going to do, Matt? Let's hear from Nagy about the quarterback competition. When we get a chance to go out there, we're evaluating those quarterbacks with every single play, not just throw, but every single check that they make at the line of scrimmage, every every bit of leadership that they show in and out of the huddle. Um, we're, we're there watching the how they react to a, a, a specific play in practice. And so that got squeezed down a little bit. But with that said, our coordinators are doing a heck of a job right now as we, as we sit here of, of figuring out ways to maximize those competitive plays and periods and we feel confident that we believe it'll all play itself out um it's going to be completely open and we're just going to um take it day by day and that's going to be we're excited to see that happen i I think what's going to happen is trubisky will get that job and then uh, by week two when he starts making mistakes and they start having problems and the fans at soldier field start booing uh you'll hear the tidal wave of bring in Foles, and it won't take long before Foles is playing they're not going to tolerate trubisky failing anymore in chicago that's why they didn't give him a deal uh bottom line is this is his last chance they're going to let him start in my opinion right now i'll say they'll let him go and then the minute he starts screwing up his days in chicago are over I don't think they have a choice at this point, right? Because of not having all of those things and not knowing the system for Foles being out there with these guys, I don't think they have any choice but to go that route and to let Trubisky start it. But you're right, Scotty. He's going to have a very short leash when he does. More quarterback talk. This time we go to Miami. Tua Tagliavoa is healthy. He's ready to play. But Brian Flores says, now, 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 let's calm down on the Tua hype. Here's Flores. I know there's a lot of... uh... You know, people want to talk about Tua. I understand it. Uh, at the same time, you know, he's a young player. This is his first, you know, NFL training camp. Uh, I think he's got to take it, you know, one day at a time and not, you know, think about, you know, what's realistic for the season. I think we just need to take a little one day at a time approach, um, which has been my message to him. And it's not just him. It's really every player on this team. You know, this is a different year. This is a different type of training camp. Uh, no one's, just, you know, gone through a training camp like this where a lot of the meetings are virtual and there was no spring. There are no preseason games. No one's done this. Look, I think that uh, they're better than everyone thinks they are. I think they're stoked to have him. I think they're going to play Fitzmagic. I think he's a very fun, exciting quarterback. 
You know him well, uh, Carver High. I, I like him. I thought he played great last year for the Dolphins, even though the record doesn't indicate that. I thought Fitzmagic kept them in every game every week. I think he can be a brilliant mentor for Tua. You got to remember, he's one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league. Went to Harvard. He's very bright. I think he's going to help the kid a lot. I think eventually we'll see Tua play this year. I don't think it'll be from the jump. Yeah, I, I've said this all along. I don't see how you could possibly uh, play him out of the gate when you have Fitzpatrick there already. Now, they're in a better situation than everybody else. You did that story yesterday where Bill Polian says that Joe Burrow is is going to be in trouble. I agree with Bill. I don't know. It's amazing to say that. Bill said so many crazy things the last few years. I actually agree with Bill on that. Burrow's in a lot of trouble. Burrow's in a lot of trouble this year. If they play him week one in Cincinnati, if this thing starts on time, I think Burroughs, this could hurt him long-term. That's how bad it's going to be for him. And you see it with this Charger thing, too. Tyrod Taylor, probably going to be the starter over Justin Herbert. Well, of course he's probably going to be the starter, right, Scotty? What are you going to do? You're going to play a kid who hasn't played at all in the NFL with no time on the field with his teammates? you got to play a veteran like Taylor. Well, first of all, Burrow is going to start, and he's going to be well, thrown into the else. fire. <laughs> And they have nobody else. Like, they're doomed. And I think that coach is in over his head, Taylor. And then uh, Tyrod Taylor is the starter uh, for the Chargers. That's a done deal. I mean, like, stop trying to play us, Anthony, like we're all stupid. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback of the Chargers. In fact, I think he's going to be the quarterback the entire season. Justin Herbert will stand on the sideline, pick his nose, and get a big paycheck and probably uh, end up marrying his girlfriend. But he's not playing. I don't know why the Jaguars are not surprised, Scotty, but Yannick Ngaku has not shown up yet for training camp. We know that he doesn't want to play for them. We know that he wants to get traded, but the Jaguars and Doug Marone still think that this guy is going to walk through the door. It's just, it's not going to happen. Can somebody let Doug and the crew know down there? Well, it's the same as uh, Adams. Adams got his way with the Jets. I think it's the same thing as Trent Williams. He just uh, stood his ground and said, I'm never playing for Washington again. And he got his way, and and now he's happy, and he's got a deal out in the Bay. I think Nagakwe uh, would be a perfect fit for the Jets. I know every time someone's available in sports, they're going to the Jets, Giants, Knicks, Rangers. I, I get all, you know, Yankees. I get all that. But in reality, the Jets' defense, if they got Nagakwe, it would turn their season around. They have a lot of talent, but you can't get rid of a guy like Adams and wait years next year for the number one, the year after that uh, for the number one. But you get a one and a three this year, uh, and you get the veteran uh, McDougal. Bottom line is they need a player now that can attack the quarterback. Nagakwe is that guy. They should go make a trade for him right now, maybe trade. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Uh, Carver, hi. We got the uh, fan question. I know how excited you get. A review finds racial bias and bullying in the Iowa football program. Uh, gee, what a revelation. We've been talking about this for two months, uh, that they had racism and bullying at Iowa football in Iowa City. And I have been on this show a multitude of times trying to figure out how is it that Kirk Ferentz, I understand he's been there since 99. Uh, Joe Paterno was at Penn State a lot longer than Kirk Ferentz was at Iowa. And Sandusky was raping little boys and went to federal prison for the rest of his life for it. And they fired Joe Paterno five minutes later and a guy dropped dead because of it. How in God's name can a guy be in charge of a football program that allows racism and bullying? Several of his coaches have been accused of it. One of them has been fired already. You're telling me that one guy gets fired, a defensive coach gets fired, and nobody else gets fired? How in God's name does Kirk Ferentz still have his job? Everybody loves Kirk Ferentz. Well, that's like saying uh, everybody loves the guy that beats women. I mean, you know, and then he's in charge of the strip club. I mean, honest to God, how is the guy that runs the program? It's Rick Pitino all over again. You know, Coke blows stripper parties for recruits, but Rick had no idea. Kirk Ferentz, I had no idea my program was filled with racism and bullying. Uh, I had no idea that all the black players were uh, treated poorly and were abused by coaches verbally and mentally for the last 25 years. I had no idea. How does my ass sound? How gullible are people to believe that this guy is born-again Christian, as clean as Jesus, running this program, and has no idea that all of this is happening around him? He's on the field every single day. He runs everything, all meetings, all offices, all games, all everything. He should have been fired a month and a half ago, for Christ's sakes. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.